we just bless God and just thank him for his faithfulness, even in our lives. Why? Because he, he's constant. God is constant. And everything he does is good. I can't help but say that. And this morning, <laughs> this morning, I, I, and I maybe I'm saying goodness so much this morning. Why? Because I'm going to teach this morning on the goodness of God. It's just been in my spirit all this, uh, all day yesterday, all today. I've been asking the Lord for the last couple of days, God, what is it that you want me to say? What is it that you want me to teach? And I heard him speak, speak so distinctively on the goodness of God. And I want us this morning to open our hearts and really hear what it is that the Lord is saying today. How that he really, really, really is, is good. He is good. And his mercies endure forever. Let the word go forth with a mighty voice today. Under the anointing of your spirit, Father. Let it break and destroy yokes and start a movement in our heart. We believe you for it and we bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. For the last few weeks, <clears throat> we have been teaching on the kingdom. We've taught about walking in the spirit and we've taught about um, kingdom character. We've taught about the love of God. We've taught about um, attitudes of those who, how we need an attitude adjustment. Bishop Ed taught that last Sunday, how we need an attitude adjustment as citizens of the kingdom of God. We've taught all of these things and uh, well, I should say that we taught him, but the Holy Spirit gave us to teach these things that he's helped us to teach them. So if you haven't heard those messages, go back, go back either on our Facebook page or go back on our YouTube channel. And by the way, when you go to YouTube, subscribe, like, tag and share there, like, tag and share, because we really want this word to go out to so many others. So, but this week, this week, um, and, and, and let me go back. And even as we've taught about kingdom character. We talked about kingdom character and in talking about kingdom character, we, we talked about what the fruit of the spirit is. We talked about the power that's in the Holy Ghost, that he would help us to walk and display the fruit of the spirit. And so that men would see the light of God and how they would trust God and want to come to serve him because of the light that they see in us. We've talked about kingdom character. And we talked about how important it's been for us to have the relationship and fellowship with the Lord and how important it is for us to maintain that fellowship and that relationship with him. But this morning, I want to go a little bit further. I really want to go a little bit further. And I want to talk this morning about the goodness of God, the goodness of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. And in talking about the goodness of God, I want us to look and, and, and see how a lot of things that we, and sayings that we have, and songs that we sing, and that we've been singing for years and years, how we just kind of take some things for granted. How we do, do we, and, and I want us to really look and examine ourselves to see whether or not we really, really believe everything that we sing and everything that we talk about. The goodness of God, help us hear Holy Ghost. One thing about us, <clears throat> we cannot separate an individual from his spirit. We are triune beings. We're made in the image of God. We're made in the image of God. God is the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. We can say that. We're body, soul, and spirit. You can't separate me from my spirit. Nor can you separate God from his spirit. They're one. The Bible says that each of these, while they're three, they're still one. And so the fruit of the spirit that as we talk about in Galatians 5 and 22, these are attributes of God. It's not just something separate and apart from God, but this is the attribute and the character of God. In other words, God's, God is joy. God is peace, God is patience, God is kindness, God is goodness, God is faithfulness, God is gentleness, and God is self-control or temperance. This is who God is. But this morning specifically, I want to just talk about the goodness of God, that God is good, the goodness of God. And what do I mean when I say the goodness of God? 
the goodness of God can be defined in two ways. When we talk about God's goodness, we can define it in two ways. Number one, goodness is who he is. In other words, who he is is his character. It's his character. It's his nature. It's what he, it's not what he does, it's who he is. But goodness is, is also what he does. Goodness is who he is, and goodness is what he does. I want us to look in Psalms 119 and 68. <clears throat> Psalms 119 and 68, it says this, you are good and do good. This is in the New King James. You are good and do good. And it says, teach me your statues. You are good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And do good. Teach me your statues. In other words, he is good by nature. He's morally good. He is excellent in his character. He's easy to deal with. And there is no evil in him. There is no shadow of turning in him, which means he can't stop being good. He can't change from who he is. He can't, he can't stop being who he is. Good is who he is. It's impossible for him to be anything other than good. So when we say God is good, it's just who he is. It's who he is. That never changes. And then we look in Psalms 34 and 8. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. When you, when you deal with God, you don't have to worry about him changing tomorrow. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. You don't have to worry about him changing. You don't have to worry and wonder if you bite into him, he's going to be a sour orange. We had we lived in Jamaica for a while, but for years, and we had where we lived, we had a, 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 a sour orange tree. We had an orange tree, let me say it that first. And the oranges were growing so beautifully, I couldn't wait till they turned orange because I'd never lived where there was an orange tree and I was excited about it. So when they finally turned to orange, I picked one, peeled it, and bit it, only to find it, it is what was called a sour orange. You don't have to worry about God looking good on the outside, and then when you deal with him, then he's bitter. God is good. When you taste him, when you live for him, when you deal with him, you'll find he's nothing but good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's not sometimes good. He's not situationally good. He is always good. God is good. Everything about him is good. And not is it that everything about him is good. Everything he does is good. Remember goodness, God's goodness is defined two ways. One in who he is and the other is in what he does. So everything he does is good. He is kind. He's full of mercy. He's altogether lovely. He's long suffering. He's patient. All of these describe what he does. So not only does he do good things all the time, his motive for doing good things are all, all this, always the same. His heart is always pure, but everything he does is good. Everything God does is good. The outcome of his plans, every plan that he has, the outcome of it is all ways good. God is good. Hmm. And even the, even the thoughts that he think, that he thinks about us are good. 
even his thoughts. Remember Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, I know the thoughts. And one, uh, 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 one version said, I know the plans. But I know the thoughts that I think of you, think about you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good. Or thoughts to prosper you and to give you an expected end. His, what he thinks about us is good. God is nothing but good and it's absolutely impossible for him to be anything other than purely good. God is good. Amen. Psalms 105 tells us the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever and his faithfulness continues through all generations. That's a good God. Through all generations. Long, oh God, have mercy. Through all generations. We can know that God is good. And let me say this again. He's not situationally good. He's always good. And as we, 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 all, we often say this, Bishop and I, when we come on the broadcast, how at the first of near the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the pandemic, God said that he never loses control. So even in the midst of turmoil, God is still in control. He is still good. God is good. Then you may say, well, uh, Pastor Colleen, I'm going through this, or I'm going through this situation. You telling me that God is good? If God was so good, then why would he let this happen to me? Or why would he let that happen to me? I want us to look at something. Let's go to um, Mark the fourth chapter. Mark the fourth chapter. But before we before we even read that, I want to I want to give a little background to where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Mark four and thirty eight. I'm going to start there. But let me give a little background to that. Jesus had been teaching, had been teaching a lot, and. <laughs> He had been healing people. The word of his fame was going out. People were, were, were coming to him. And he even said in Mark, the third chapter, he said, told them to go and get a ship. Uh, he said, because lest the people, because they were, they, they just want to come and touch him. He said, unless they throng him, lest they just keep on pressing on him. And let, you know, not that they were trying to do, any, do him any harm, but they were excited about him. Some of them had been sick and he healed them and they, he had spoken into their lives. And, and I, I can understand that because people, people are hurting. And when you do things for people or when you show them love or when you help them in their situation, they want to, they're grateful for it. And I can appreciate that. So it's not that he was being ugly or trying to Ooh, get the people. No, that wasn't it. But it was just so many. So he said, tell them to go on and get a ship and just prepare. Because So he got in the ship later and he, he, he was in the ship, but he, the people had come down to the shore. They had come to the shore. <clears throat> they had come to the shore. And when they came to the shore, he stood and he he stayed in the ship teaching them, teaching them the gospel of the kingdom. Again, remember, he's teaching the gospel of the kingdom, which is the heart and the mind of God. So he's teaching them the, the, uh, <clears throat> the word. Jesus had been teaching all day long. He'd been healing people. And, and you know, it, it was just a lot. And I can only imagine, because even after we, we if, if those of us who really work and really put ourselves into things, and if that's your work ethic and, and you're really concerned and, and whatever, at the end of the day, you're tired, physically tired. Jesus was in a human body. And I can only imagine, just remember when, when, when they were walking and the lady, the woman with the issue of blood, how she touched his garment and one woman touched him and virtue went out of him. So imagine all of the people trying to get him and he's healing them and he's helping them and he's loving them. Imagine how tired he could have been. He must have been. So here he is. They get in the ship. The evening came, they were in the ship and he told them, let's go over to the other side. But what he did, <clears throat> he got in the ship and let's, let's look at verse 38. 
Let's look at verse 38. Mark the fourth chapter in the 38th verse. It says this, and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this? that even the wind and sea obey him. I want us to look at this. There was a storm that came up. First of all, let me, let me, let me back up a little bit. Nothing takes Jesus by surprise. Nothing. Nothing. And I say this often, we can't disappoint him because he already knows what you're going to do. We get disappointed when we, we're, we're something happens or somebody does something that we didn't expect, but he already knows what we're going to do. So nothing takes him by surprise. He's in the ship. He's in the ship and him being in the ship, he says, in essence, he's tired. So what he does he goes to the to the hinder part of the, the back part of the ship and he go he lays on a pillow and goes to sleep and goes to sleep but there was a terrible storm that rose a terrible storm and when this storm arose the waves tossed let, let me interject this right here the waves were so high and the boat was tossing all parts of the boat was were tossing. All parts of the boat was tossing. Okay. In other words, the part that Jesus was on wasn't still and everything else was just moving. Even the part that Jesus was on, the whole boat was to being tossed. The whole boat was in the waves. And the Bible says how the waves could have come over. It, not, it didn't say exactly like that. But the waves were tossing to and fro that it would almost fill the boat. So now they first tried all they could do. They tried all they could do to keep everything in place. Doesn't that sound like us when we go through situations? We do everything we do. Everything we do, you know, the song says, when you try everything and everything fails, try Jesus. Mm -mm. They had Jesus on board with them. He was right back there, right back there. But when it looked like they couldn't do it for themselves, when it looked like all hope was lost, or when it looked like, and, and they had gotten so fearful, because Jesus didn't ask them, why are you so fearful? And when it looked like they were going to perish, then they go and wake up Jesus. They go and wake up Jesus and then accuse him saying, you don't care that we're going to die out here? Carest thou not that we're going to perish? Even you, carest thou not that we, all of us going to perish in this boat that's going to and fro? Doesn't that sound like us? When situations go south, when things happen in our lives, that causes us to feel or to see that things aren't all smooth. When the waves of our lives are tossing to and fro, how do we respond? Remember, God is good. Good is who he is. And good is what he does. His goodness is not situational. His goodness is who he is. And because it's who he is, he can't help but do things that are good for us. Remember, the word tells us all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Goodness is who he is is 
goodness is who he is and goodness is what he does. But when the waves of life comes, we begin to doubt the goodness of God. Our faith is shaken. There were things that we may have believed God for before. My God, help us this morning. Help us this morning. Help me here. There are things that God has brought us through before. But when something, this, this, and when we, he brought us through this before and we declare, oh, that was the big one then. I didn't think I was going to get through that one, but God is good. But now, but now something else comes. How many times have we said, we thought, I don't think I'm going to get through this one. How many times have we thought that? I don't think I'm going to get through this one. I don't think, I don't know about this one. This is the big one this time. I know I got through that other one, but I don't know about this. How many times have we said that? How many times have we doubted the goodness of God? Our faith has been shaken. When we doubt the goodness of God, we start doubting and questioning what we know to be the truth. What we know to be the truth. We know what God has said and we know the truth of his word. But then we have the enemy out here telling us, you know, if God, if God loved you, then why? Then what we do, we finally get to the place where we conclude that God has just forsaken us. God has forgotten all about us. We forget what he's done in the past and we start believing the lie. When we start doubting the goodness of God, we start believing the lie. We listen to the enemy. He'll tell us, see, he left you. If he was with you, you'd feel him. If, if, if he was with you, if he really cared about you, then why would he let this happen? Why would you have to be the only one going through this? Why? And we start listening, listening to the enemy. We look at other people who seem to be prospering. And then we'll say, why are they? And, and then what we do, we judge them. We look at their lifestyle sometimes and say, how is God letting them prosper? And I'm living all I can for God and he's not helping me. And he's not doing anything about my situation. We listen to the enemy. And before it's over, we have magnified the thing that we're going through and have put God in a low place. God help us this morning. But I want to encourage us this morning. God is still in control. God is good. God is good. We can't do like the disciples did or we can't continue to do like the disciples did and forget that God is with us and start panicking. They started panicking. They started panicking and accusing Jesus. You don't care? You don't care that we go perish? But he had already spoken and said, we're going to the other side. We're going to the other side. So he went to sleep knowing he's going to get to the other side. We panic. We call, we, we, we accuse God falsely when we don't remind ourselves of the goodness of God. In John the 16th chapter, Jesus said that we have trouble, we will have trouble as long as we're in this world. As long as we're living in this world, we are going to have trouble. But he said this, he said, but be encouraged. He encouraged us. He said, be, he said, be of good cheer. In other words, don't worry, be encouraged. He said, because I've already overcome the world. In other words, what he's saying, that he is with us and he can solve every single problem that we face. We have to learn to always trust the goodness of 
God. We must be willing to trust God's goodness even when things don't make any sense. Why would Jesus tell the disciples to go across the water even when, even when he knew that storm was coming? Even when he knew the storm was coming? He was with them. They would not have had to worry because he was with them. Even if we can't understand and the situation looks the worst, we must still trust in the goodness of God. What those disciples did, they started looking at the boat being tossed. They started looking at all the water coming in the boat. Fearful, they allowed fear to grip their hearts as opposed to remembering who was on the boat with them. They had seen him work mighty miracles. They had seen him, things that they, 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 they were astonished by his teaching. They, were, they saw him work great wonders. But when life, when stuff happened, they forgot who they had on board. They forgot who they had on board. Help me hear Holy Ghost. Most of us <clears throat> can quote Psalms 23, but I want us to look at this closely. We can say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. But I want, that's in the, that's in the King James Version, but I want to look at how the NIV picks up verses four through six. In verse four, it says this, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. This is, I'm sorry, the New Living Translation. He said, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil and my cup overflows with blessings. Then verse six says this. It says this, surely, surely, which means absolutely, undoubtedly, certainly. Your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, surely. Absolutely, undoubtedly, certainly, his goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. And unfailing love, he's never going to change us, change. He's never going to stop loving us. He's never, ever going to stop loving us. I like to say this and I want to say it. I, want, I can't say it enough. God is not mad at us. Surely his love and his goodness will pursue. What does pursue mean? It's going to chase after me. He's coming after me and he overtakes us. His goodness is with us. All the days of our lives. I'm not leaving here until God says it's time for me to go. I'm in the Lord's care. His goodness is in our face everywhere we turn. Look for it. 
You may be going through the lowest, some of the lowest times of your life, but look around. You got a roof over your head. If you're looking at me, you've got lights. If you see this broadcast, you have lights. He's provided something for you to have lights. There's, just look around. If you look around, you've got eyes. If you can hear this broadcast, you've got your hearing. If you understand what I'm saying, you've got your mind. Look around at the goodness of God. These are things we take for granted. And God knows I've been guilty. God knows I've been guilty. But he's teaching me to appreciate his goodness. His, I can't afford, we can't avoid his goodness. We can't avoid it. His goodness is overtaking us. You can't outrun God. If he's pursuing you, he's going to catch you. He's going to catch you. Look at his goodness in our lives. Is everything what we want him to be? No, it's not. Do I have an ache and pain here and there? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But does it mean that God is not good? His mercy endures forever. Nothing can separate us from the love and the goodness of God. No family situation, no bad relationship, no broken marriage, no, no age, however old we are. We can get old and think, oh God, God is finished with me, but he's still good. He's still good. No loneliness can separate us. As a matter of fact, if you're feeling lonely, he's right there with, and especially if you're his child, he's in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. He's there fellowship with him in the temple. Hot my shit cable. No sickness, no pandemic can separate us from the goodness of God. From the goodness of God. From the goodness of God. Nothing can separate us from his goodness. You can't run away from his goodness. I don't care where you go. How many of us have messed up since we've been saved? And then you think God is finished with you and he show up. He just still love you and talk to you. As long as God is talking to you, he's not finished with you. As long as God is speaking to you, he's not finished with you. As long as you hear him talking through the word and the word registers in your heart, he's not finished with you. God is good and his mercy endures forever. Where can we turn? to get away from his goodness. Where can we go to get away from his goodness? He's just good. And then the enemy said, well, you know you did this and this is what happened. But God says he reigns on the just and the unjust. And he said, just come to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. I'm here, I love you. There's nothing you can do that would make me stop loving you. Nothing, nothing you can do to make me stop being good to you. Nothing, nothing we can do. I read a story, Hallelujah. I read a story about this lady. She was suffering with Alzheimer's for many years. And some years earlier, her daughter started asking her mother about her life and what the daughter would do when she would When her mother would tell her the story, she'd write them down. She'd write them down, the daughter would. And she would talk to her mother. She'd talk to her every week. She'd write stories down. She'd write them down. She wrote down her mother's life stories as much as her mother could remember, but she had started this for years, for years. And her mother told her how she, her parents had been, uh, had died when she was very young. And she, um, and she said that she was adopted by this family and apparently they took her to Germany to live. But later she moved back to the United States and she got married. And then in the final years of her mother's life, when the Alzheimer's had gotten so bad, the mother would pull out the journal. The mother would pull out the journal and read these stories to her mother. Now you remember 
Alzheimer's affects the long-term memory, which means the 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 um the short-term memory. And then, but hers had progressed so bad, a lot of her memory was just gone, just gone. She'd lost so much. She had forgotten so much. So, but as the mother would read these stories to her, things that had happened way back in her life, which she had probably forgotten. But what the mother noticed that as she read the stories to her, there was a response. There was a sparkle. There was a spark. She read the memories. She rehearsed the memories to her mother. I said this, that to say this, we must remind ourselves of the goodness of God in our lives. It may seem like all hope is gone. It may seem like, mm, my God, I love you, Jesus. Like God has given up on you. Remind, we've been sometime in this place before. May not been in the same situation, but we've been in places before where it seemed like all hope is gone. But remind yourselves of how God brought you out of the last one. Remind yourself of the goodness of God. Remind yourself of what God has already done and see if it doesn't stir up a sparkle on the inside. Remember the old song that said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. And we thank God for saving us. Remind yourself of the goodness of God rather than panic and panic first like the disciples did and then talk to Christ. Why not remind ourselves of what he has done? Remind ourselves of who he is. Let's do this. Let's say it this way. Why not remind ourselves of what he has done, which was good, Remind ourselves of who he is, which is good, and remind ourselves what the word says, which is eternally good. Let's remember the goodness of God. God is right there. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, and he will lead us, and he will guide us into all truth. He'll tell you the right, the, the right thing to do. He will remind you of what to do, how to do. Some situations, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Their parents in this pandemic don't know what to do. Don't know how to teach. Don't. My granddaughter sent me something the other day, asked me to help her with it in math. I was stumped. And she's in sixth grade. So I sent it to some teachers. I sent it to a, a couple other teachers, looked at it. They said, this, this, this. <laughs> they had to go do the research. Why? <laughs> because we didn't, I didn't know what to do. So I'm, I can imagine parents. Parents, we don't know what to do. Ask God. Ask the Holy Spirit that's on the inside. Inside of the goodness of God, he's given us some help. But we've got to trust the help that he's given us. Jesus was right there all the time. It wasn't that he wasn't concerned about his disciples. He told them, we're going to the other side. He already knew. Jesus already knew what he came for. He knew, and he knew that they were going to be the ones to carry this gospel. So he knew that. So he wasn't concerned. He went to sleep. And while the boat was going, he stayed asleep. He stayed asleep until they came to talk to him. Often God wants us to come to talk to him. He's waiting for us to come and talk to him, to cast all of our cares upon him because he genuinely, absolutely, certainly, surely, cares about us. He cares about us. He has given us the help. 
And that's that Holy Spirit that is him, the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us. But we must fellowship daily in this temple. The body, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, but we don't fellowship daily in the temple with him. If we fellowship daily in the temple, it doesn't mean that we won't cry. We will cry. I'm not saying we won't cry with every day. Every how, how. That's not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying this, but we can cry out to him. We can lean our head on him. We know that we have help in the midst of life. Life happens to all of us. It doesn't mean that he won't bring us through, but we've got to fellowship with him daily in the temple. Jesus spoke three simple words. And everything changed. Three words. Everything changed. And that was simply this. Peace be still. Three words. And everything changed. What he wants us to do is realize that he's with us. And he'll speak the words. All we've got to do is talk to him. All we've got to do, don't wait till the boat gets out of whack and then start saying, Lord, you don't love me. Realize that he loves us all the time. And on the front end of the situation, when the boat first starts to rock a little bit, talk to him. Talk to him. Ask him for help. Ask him for help. Holy Spirit, what do I do in this? Help me. And then you may seem like you're getting panicky. Holy Spirit, help me. You are my peace. Help me. Help me. Jesus said he was sending us a comforter. He was going to live in us. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me not to panic. Help me to trust you in the goodness of the Lord. Help me to realize that God is good. Help me not to forget. Help me to remember. If I have to write it down and hold the paper and, and, and read it daily. Help me. Because I want the spark and the joy of the Lord to continue in my life. I don't want to forget about the goodness of God. God is good. Three simple words when he talked to him. I don't know what the Holy Spirit or what God will do in your life. What's your situation? When I say I don't know, I know he'll help us. But I don't know specifically what he may, what you may need for him to do. But one thing I do know, if you're asking for help, he will help. Sometimes the help is you change. It's not always that he'll change the situation. Sometimes the help is for you to change. Situation can stay just like it is, but we'll learn lessons in the midst of it that he's ever with me, that he'll give us peace in the midst of the storm. And even in that passage, there were other boats out there on the sea. And they were tossed too. But when Jesus when Jesus said those three simple words, peace be still. When he said those three words, peace be still. Hallelujah, Jesus. The sea calmed. So not only were the disciples affected, but those in the other boats were affected also. Peace be still. So when we activate and start talking to the Holy Spirit and I help activate this help we've got on the inside. When we activate him, others in our lives will be affected by the change. What he's asking us to do is to remember how good he is. And let me say this. Let me say this. Salvation the plan of salvation is the ultimate demonstration of the goodness of God. Where would we be if it wasn't for the Lord 
on our side. If he hadn't come and gotten us out of sin, if he hadn't saved our lives, if he hadn't taken us off the path that we were on and put us on the direction, if he hadn't translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, where would we be? I dare say I would be in jail or hell. I would be in jail or hell. But God is good. God is good. Romans, the second chapter, and the fourth verse speaks simply of this. It speaks of knowing that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. If you don't know the Lord as Lord and Savior, His goodness, think of His goodness and how much even more so can you experience him by opening up your heart and allowing him to come in on the inside? He's good. He's good. It's God that has kept every one of us, whether we're saved or not, whether we've accepted him as Lord and Savior or not, God is the one who's kept every one of us. And when we all messed up, every one of us on here has messed up sometime or another. But, but, it was the goodness of God that led us to repentance. Surely goodness and mercy. No, I, and let me say it the way you said in, 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 in the NLT. Surely goodness and his unfailing love shall pursue me all of my life. I feel his goodness right now. So much to thank God so much to thank God for. It was his plan of salvation. And the fact that when he knocked on the door of my heart, I was able to open the door and ask him to come in, invite him in, take over. Don't just come in and stand at the inside of the door, but come in and uh, uh, occupy all space. Take over my life. I give you a yes. Yes to what let your yes be my yes. And your no, my no. That's what God wants from all of us. And in exchange for that, what does he do? He continues being good. And what he'll do is lead us from glory to glory. From grace to grace. To higher heights in him. To deeper depths in him. He, it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's good pleasure. So I'm, I'm encouraging us today, if you don't know him, open your heart right there. And just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Blot out my transgressions. I want to be a part of your kingdom. Fill me with your presence. Help me, Holy Spirit. That's it. Talk to him right there where you are. He loves you so much, more than you can imagine. And for those of us who are in the kingdom and, and, and life, and even all of us, all of us, life, we're all facing life, life. God, I pray this morning for all of us that when life comes our way, when life comes our way, that we will remember your goodness. That you won't be an afterthought after we've gone here and there and tried and tried and tried and tried. But on the front end, because we've been fellowshipping with you daily in the temple Holy Spirit, that you would help us. That you would help us not to look at what we're facing, not to look at the waves, not to see mm, the, the tempest and how the boat is shaking. Not to look at the fact that we're getting, as it were, seasick. Because we don't know what to do. Like this is the last, you are, that there's no hope at all. There's no hope. We're certain death. 
to remember who we are. And not only that, but remember that God is good. That it's his goodness and his unfailing love that's pursuing us always. Help us, Holy Spirit. And where we've doubted, where we've accused God falsely, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us and remind us that it is your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Help us, Lord. And we thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We bless God. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Mm. I love the Lord. It's his good pleasure. God is good. And his mercy <laughs> endures forever. Good is who he is. And good is what he does. We bless you today. Let's remember to praise God for his goodness. If you need to start writing down a journal like the lady did of her mother, you it would be a good thing to start writing down a journal of the goodness of God in your life. It would be a good thing to write down. And then you go back and remind yourself when the enemy comes in like a flood, it will help you to ward off the plans of the adversary. The devil wants us to all give up because of life. Life comes at everybody. Life coming, honey. If it's not got you, if, it, if it's not got, if it doesn't have you today, it's coming tomorrow. Stuff is going to happen to all of us. But in the midst of it, remember we have help. We have help. And the helper will remind us of the goodness of God. And if he did that, if he did that, that time, he can do this too. So we bless the Lord. Let's continue to think on the goodness of God and all that he's done for us. And what happens, our souls will cry out hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can walk through the house with a hallelujah on your mind. People think, but you're going through this. Yes, I am. I'm going through this, but God is still good. Yes, that happened. Yes, but God is still good. Yes, God is still good. All is well. Why? Because his goodness and unfailing love is running me down. Amen. I love you. Thank God for you.